Amen. If you don't have victory, that's the way you start. You just start praising, you start worshiping. Any you can get yourself through any kind of a situation if you just learn how to worship. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of worship. Don't settle for dead church here or anywhere else. Don't settle for that. I like a good Bible study. I like to settle down, talk about the word of the Lord. Amen. But then there comes a time. Amen. That you, uh, it's worship time. Hallelujah. It's time to preach, time to teach, time to weep, even a time to die. All these things. This time. But it's a time to worship. There's a time to praise. And you decide whether you do or whether you don't. You can't get just stuck on just any one of them. You don't just stuck in one, this is what I, no, no. It's time to worship and time to praise. Hallelujah, and worship time, it's time to do that. Thank you, everybody, for giving, supporting this church. Uh, I could see that the men might need a little help because those ladies are coming on with the, with the, <laughs> I felt sorry, instead of putting a dollar, I put five in there, and I, I told Brother Pete, man, he got some catching up to do. You know, he got to get some. He did. He put some in there, too. I always tell him to get one of them old rusty 20s out. Hey, get one of those rusty those old 20s has been stuck back there so long. Amen. He did. So, amen. But thank you, everybody that that is a part of that and and helps. It's all going to a good, good cause. And, amen. Thank you, Sister Kim, for help. You don't tell her no. You know, she just decides to do stuff like this. She's a great one to put on stuff because she will like, she'll get it done one way or the other. Amen. So if you've got a thin skin, if your toes are in, she'll step on your toes. But that's okay. That's how you get things done. Amen. You can't just ease into victory. You can't just coast into victory. You could use that in a lot of different preaching, teaching settings. Amen. You have to push. You have to work. They have to go forward. Hallelujah. Hey, I, I, I'm not sure. I was busy shaking hands and praising and stuff when Brother Johnson welcomed the guests. But all of our guests are welcome, and it's good to see you. I will name a couple. I probably shouldn't do this, but John and Jesse, it's good to see you all here. It's connected, connected, but but uh, great to see you. It's always, always good to see Liz, uh, and so she's uh, also connected the church here too. Amen. I just read some statistic about being connected. Uh, somebody did a survey a, a little while back, uh, and the question was asked, who is, who is responsible for you being in church? It may be a good thing just to kind of file away in your brain here. Amen. 7% said because of the pastor or somebody on the pastoral staff, 7% of the people, these are people in church is why they were in church. 11% said children's ministry got my kids, somebody's kids, you know, got me in church. Uh, friends and neighbors, 13% of the people said we're, we're in church because of friends and neighbors. But a family member, a family member, it was 67% of the people said somebody in my family wouldn't let up on me, wouldn't quit. Some connection to my family, 67%. That's called an oikos ministry. That's a, that's a Greek word, you know, in the New Testament that talks about family and connections in the family. So, so if you have a family member that's in the church and closely related to the church, it's a good, good 
chance that that's why you're here. Amen. So just, just thought I would throw that in. Great to see all of you. God's house. What a spirit of worship and praise here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. I'm going to get into the word just in a moment, but but let me just, this, this worship and stuff, it just kind of got me going right now. Listen, there's things that just the word will do. The seed of God's word, the seed is, the word is something it will do. But but there's, and there's, and of course, prayer. You just, just prayer, just prayer does things that nothing else will do. But worship and praise, Brother Johnson, it does things that nothing else will do. My suggestion would be let's get a let's get a balanced diet of all of that. Now that goes into more categories than that, but that's three major categories. When I was home missions director years ago, that's what I used to tell people. Here's what you do. How do you have church? How do you have good preaching and good teaching and good how do you do that? I said, Well, you have three things. You have prayer. You get you, you get stubborn about prayer. Don't you budge about prayer. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. That's what you do. You come and pray. You don't leave church without praying. Come early would be the best thing to do. Come and pray. Number two, you have worse. Don't don't settle for a dry, twice dead, plucked up by the roots church. Good for the word. Good. Have the word. Amen. Amen. Pray and have the word. Get that word. I'm going to talk about some of it today. That's our foundation. Amen. That's what we built on. Amen. And then you add worship and praise to that. You can tear down any wall. You can, you can, you can destroy any Goliath that's standing in your way. You get those three things together. I'm going to pray a while. I'm going to get in the word a while. And I'm going to worship and praise. You can win in this battle. You can overcome. And not only you do that, but you can have joy. You can have peace. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for second best. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the almost unpardonable. I'm not going to read a scripture right now, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit, and then I'll build up to a scripture if it's all right with you. And let's do this one more time. Let's smile at somebody. Amen. Wave at them. Shake their hand. And then I'm going to let you be seated. Glare. Hallelujah. Hey, Chad, will you get me a water? You got it? All right. Thank you, bud. Hallelujah. All right. That's all right. Sister Hyann, I felt very, very strongly during prayer time to pray for you. And uh, if we would do this right now, I don't want to just miss the will of God here. I just felt it was God. Amen. And I didn't see you. Amen. Could you just stretch forth your hand right over towards Sister Hyann? Whatever battle, struggle, physical, whatever was maybe, God knows that. We just release the blessings of God on our sister right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for overcoming strength and power. Amen. That doesn't come from us, God, but it comes from you. You said all power is given you in heaven and in earth. Bless this family. Bless our sister. Heal her right now. Deliver her. 
Give her strength, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. There's power in that. Don't, don't let the enemy beat you out of your prayer of faith. Pray. You feel faith for somebody? Just pray it right then. Just say it. Jesus' name. Bless our sister. Bless our brother. Help in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about things that matter. There's a variety of things that we have to deal with every day, life-changing situations. We have to make decisions on this thing. Our world is changing, at, and the older I get, the more I realize it's changing at an astounding rate. I, I can't hardly believe, amen, time is fast, is passing so fast, amen, it's making our head swim. Our culture has established some things that I want to talk about in just a moment. It's established a way of keeping score. Amen. Points are scored with career, car, and neighborhood. And so you can look at a person, you can tell. In fact, somebody was telling me the other day, they drove on a parking lot of a church, and they saw some really, really nice they didn't tell the whole story, but I just put it all together. They saw some BMWs and they saw some Cadillacs and they saw, oh, wow, man, this guy, this church that I'm getting to preach at today, man, just look, amen. They, they were, there were points, amen, being scored with this person just by the kind of car they're driving, amen, or the kind of how, there's nothing wrong with that, amen, thank God for people who are successful in their finances and managing their finances and do, nothing wrong with them, just simply saying that's kind of how it goes right now. The music industry, I don't keep up with it too much anymore, but awards are, you know, they're all over the news, they pop up, I don't know about you, but on my iPad and my iPhone, I have these little things that pop up and it tells you the headlines and all of this, amen, I mean, just recently, the Oscars were advertised everywhere. I mean, every time I, you know, every time it came up on my iPhone news app, I would, it didn't say it, but in my mind, I'm thinking, who cares? <laughs> but, but it's a big, big deal, amen. I mean, apparently, a lot of people, amen, they, they thought it was a big deal and still do, I guess, so they get all kind of advertisement and they put all that out. But, but my point simply is this. The church is not that much different. Points are scored by crowd size, building size and cost and, you know, and financial contributions and, you know, this kind of thing. You, you Somehow it just kind of gets out. Oh, boy, he wrote a huge check and he paid for this. And, you know, it, it kind of gets out. There's nothing wrong with that either. I don't, if somebody needs to be honored for what they do and can do and if they bless the kingdom of God, amen. But these these points, amen, that somewhere they're written maybe in there, they tell us how a person you know, how much we should think of a person. But, but in a culture where change dominates, it, it's, it's, it's easy to lose perspective on what really has value and what really is important. Amen. And that's where our message comes in today. Listen, I understand there's a whole, before I get into this, there's a, there's a, a, a huge thick Bible that we're reading and preaching out of and trying to learn out of, then, and I realize, I'll be the first to confess to you that everything in there is not a heaven or hell issue. If you accomplish it or don't accomplish it, what I've always come back to is, is Pentecost needs to learn how, amen, to 
understand that there is a 30-fold Christian. We don't know how to deal with that other than they all lost if they're not 100-fold. But Jesus talked about 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, and we have to learn how to tolerate or understand that they fit in somewhere in the church. But, but one point I want to make is simply this. We've relaxed so much in Christianity that we've come to the place where uh, well, I'll just tell you, I was at a, a, some of my kinfolks there in what we call a charismatic church, and the church I was preaching at down south, this was last year, that they, they had a funeral that day, so I, I didn't get to preach. So I just, they said, please, please come to our church. So I was happy to go. I went to the church that was between two of my cousins, and they were just so proud of their church. Good music, good, everything was well, friendly, amen. Preacher preached good, but at the end of the service, the end of the service, I'm ready for Holy Ghost to start moving. Well, they asked, they did at least have an altar call and the guy who I know very well, just a great guy, he asked anybody to come up and accept the Lord as their personal savior. And what it's come to in Christianity now, and I know that this might be a more of a teaching than a preaching class, it's all right. It's come to the point where if you do that, then all the rest of the 99.9% of the Bible is just useless. Let's just throw all that away because that, that you can say what you want, but, but that's, I'm talking today about what matters, what really makes a difference, amen, in the decisions that we make. But this is false prophets. This is blind leaders of the blind, and the scripture tells us that they will lead everybody into the ditch, and this is what we're careful about. Not here to cross swords with any denomination, any religion. That's not, but I just would like to say this, though. We're not a religion. We are a church. We need to understand that. The boy that asked me about baptism, y'all ever heard me talk about it? Call me, I never met him before, face to face, but he got my number from somewhere. What about baptism? When I went through baptism, amen, the guy was just astounded. He was excited about it. He was thrilled. I could hear him on the other end, but he went and talked to his pastor. But when he, when I, he wouldn't call me back, and finally I called him back, you know, and he got all, he was all nervous on the other end of the line. I'm talking about what matters, folks. I, listen, I'm planning on going to heaven. And I'm gonna take as many of you with me as I can get, all right? Hallelujah. And the scripture tells us that we're not allowed to add to or take away from God. In other words, that's leave out, all right? And when I, this is my point. When I finally said, well, sir, you're the one that called me about baptism. I just simply gave you the scripture after scripture and you're the one that got excited about it. I mean, don't, don't blame that on me. You ask me. But I said, I got one question. What did your pastor say? He said, he told me that I can't be any more saved than saved. Now, I learned a lot that day. I learned that what people do is they take, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is biblical. Now, accept the Lord as your personal Savior is not. We've, we've quoted it and heard it so long that we think that's what the scripture said, but no place in the Bible does it say that. But believe on the Lord Jesus Christ does say that. However, you cannot take one scripture and nullify and overpower all the rest of the Bible with that one scripture just because it's convenient to you. He accepted the Lord. He believed on the Lord, which is a good thing. Now you can't be any more, you know, you're saved and you don't have to worry about anything else now. And we hung up 
I've never heard from him that I know of again since. I've never heard from him again. That's the kind of message that's being taught and preached to folks. Just be good. Just go to Bible study. Just show up and be as good as you. That's not what the scripture said. I want to preach to us today about what matters, if that's all right with you, all right? Amen. What, what really matters here? How do I get from here to that place where nobody's dying and nobody's sick? Amen. Amen. There's a, you know, the walls of Jasper Gate. So how do I get there? Well, that's what I'm interested in today. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So culture. Amen. Religious denominations. You know, they're you know, they're coercing our society and our world. And after a while, you don't, if you don't watch out, it'll come right in and it'll change the church. The church exists by its mission, just as fire exists by burning. I don't want to go out. <laughs> we cannot forget our mission. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus gave it. He called it the great commission. Hallelujah. Amen. To lose the mission is to lose the fire. If you forget what God called you to do, he did not call us just to save ourselves. That's where the rubber meets the road right here. To lose the mission is to forget the rules of the game, to forget how points are really scored. We, we got to get that part of it. How sad and how tragic it would be to spend our life measuring ourselves by things that don't matter. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus used the word church for the very first time. Of course, church was a Greek word, ecclesia, and it simply means the called out ones, the separated ones. Amen. We could preach on that another time, but you can't be just like the world and be the church. You can't act like them. You can't do the things that they do and be a part of the church. You disqualify yourself. Amen. But Jesus called it the church for the first time. Let's, let's talk about some things that matter. Matthew chapter 16. Let's read verses 13 through 18. And this, this, this brings this thing right down to where we're living. Watch this. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, very important, asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who, who, whose people, what are they saying? Watch this next verse right here. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist. So John had been beheaded and, and uh, you know, they said, well, he's come back from, it's actually they were saying he's raised from the dead and, and he's John the Baptist. Some say you're Elias and others, Jeremiah, uh, are one of the prophets. This sounds like today, don't it? If you ask people who Jesus is, some would say he's a second person in a Trinity Godhead or, you know, or he's junior uh, you know, he sits at the right hand of the throne. And, you know, they say you could get, you could, it sounds just like today. It's the trick of the enemy for us not to know who he really is. And I want to just bring it out a little clearer today. Amen. So we'll know who Jesus is. But, but Jesus did hear what he always, he, can he get personal or what? 
I mean, you know, you like he's Jesus out here, you know, he's not disturbing, he's not messing up my schedule and my plans and and so yeah, Jesus that's why the world wants Jesus to be you, you keep Jesus at church and you keep that's impossible to be a Christian and keep Jesus at church. Oh, we got him here all right. Amen. But we take Jesus everywhere we go. He's our friend that sticks closer than a brother. He said he would never forsake us ever. We, you know why we take him with us out here? Because we need him. You know why you take him to school with you? Because you need the school of all places. Amen. It does need God. Don't dare leave him somewhere. Try to leave him somewhere. Amen. But Jesus got personal like he does. He saith to them in verse 15. Amen. But whom say ye that I am? You know, you can skirt around things for a while. You know, you go to church. You know, I used to have a pastor. He had a little mean streak in him. He was a great guy. He had a little mean streak. We did visitation a lot, knock doors, you know. And there was people, you know, they, you know, they put up the, gore, the, the, you know, the wall, you know, when you, they know, they know what's coming. You go invite them to church, man. We haven't been there. We've been in Sunday school drives. People give away things, promise to give away to get you at church. And so they're like, oh no, no, I, I, I'm a member of First Baptist or whatever it may be. Well, he would, you know, to me, I'm okay with that. You know, that's. That's great, you know. But he would say, well, well, who's the pastor there? Well, the guy hadn't been in since grandma died or something, you know. And they'd like, uh, uh, now what's that guy's name now? What's that? Hey. And he would watch them squirm and, you know, they had no, I hadn't been there in ages. Oh, I'm, that was just a, so that's what Jesus would do in a sense. He would get personal with them. Oh, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a liar. Some say you're, well, who do you say that I am? That's when it gets serious, Brother Jerry. Like, hey, hey, what about, what about you? Where you stand? You know, that's like teaching Bible study. Well, my grandmother, she, you know, she wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. You saying she, no, 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 let's not deal with grandmother. Her, her and the Lord has to work this out. But what about you? And these scriptures right here that keep saying this over and over and over. What about Jesus commanding people to be baptized in the name of? Let's not deal with grandmother. I, I, you know, I didn't know who she was, but I can revert back to my doctrine of all grandmothers are saved. Just, just that's about as good as you can do. No, no, no. And yes, indeed, I know your grandmother's saved. Now let's move on to the next part of this. <laughs> who do you? See, it's important to God that we know who he is. You, you, you can't just let that question go. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus pointed out three very, let's move on down. Let's read a little bit more here. Let's read the next, let's, let's read the next. Verse 17, let's go to that one. Hallelujah. All right. And Jesus answered and said unto them, him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. You can't get this in a Bible study. You can't get enough Greek and Hebrew definitions to get this. You can't get enough education to understand. It's what Jesus was saying because this was something supernatural that took place in you. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Simon. Amen, amen. But my father, which is in heaven, when you say, when you read father in the King James or anywhere, when you read father, that's spirit. God is a spirit. 
No man hath seen God. It's not the old man up there with the long beard and the white robe. That's not what it's really. That's what humans have done with the Father. Jesus said the Spirit has revealed that to you, Simon. Amen. Now watch this. Let's just go to this next verse. This verse 18, watch this. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... Amen. I will build my church upon this revelation, this spiritual. Oh, I want the Spirit to come in today and reveal some things to us. Hallelujah. Amen. And he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's some other good things in here that we could go on, but we're just gonna skip on down, amen, and not do that right now, amen. But Jesus said, my church is built on a rock of revelation, amen, amen. Three things here. There's revealed, you watch this, and look at this in the scripture. Number one, revealed. Number two, build. And number three, gates of hell. Jesus said, my church is built on a rock of revelation. My church is continuing to be built. And number three, my church will overcome the gates of hell. Thou art Peter. Let me just explain this for somebody who might be a little critical about this. Amen. He used two words right there. Amen. Two Greek words Jesus did, if you look in the original, amen. Thou art Peter, and he used a little word, he used the word Petros. You know what Petros, well, some people say, well, he built it upon the apostle. No, he didn't, no, because Peter means rock. But, it, but, but Petros means little pebble, just little rock. Petros, thou art Petros, little rock, amen. Not little rock, Arkansas, though. Little pebble, amen, I'll, you know. But then he said, then he said, but upon this rock, and he used another word, just Petra. And Petra is a huge boulder, amen. That's the rock that I'm gonna build my church on. Not on Peter, but on Petra. Amen. Just threw that in just in case somebody was wondering if you want to go back to the original, you can look at that, all right? He said, that's where I'm going to build my church. Listen, true people, you have to decide whether you're going to be real, amen, genuine or not, okay? But, but true people of God take seriously the things that Jesus took seriously. If it was serious to Jesus, it's going to be serious to me. Amen. Jesus meant for his church that had not been born at that time, by the way. This is in the book of Matthew. The church wasn't born until the book of Acts. He was getting them ready for that. He was pointing them in the direction of the upper room in Jerusalem where the Holy Ghost would be poured out, but it had not been poured out at this time. Amen. Amen. So he was he meant for them to have a rock of revelation. In other words, spiritual understanding of who he was, amen. He, he also expected them to continue being built. Let's continue growing. Let's con- Listen, we build ourselves. We grow in the spirit. We mature in the spirit. And to overcome the gates of hell. It is not the will of the Lord, amen, for any Christian, any believer, amen, to be beat down, stepped on by the enemy and on the world and overcome by every sin. It's not the will of the Lord. He said, ye shall receive power, Acts 
chapter one and verse eight, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Listen, the best witness you can have is not a track in one hand and a Bible in the, no, no, no. The best witness you can have to your neighbors and your friends and your family is an overcoming life, amen. A, a life with joy and with peace, amen. Excitement, amen. That, that's, the be, that's what they're looking for. Amen, 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 amen. So the church has to have a revelation of these things. If I can be victorious over things that the world is being pulled with, pulled down, amen. It's bogged down in this or that. And then, you know, it's like a soap opera. Now, I don't get into soap operas. I just never have. Don't care about it. But the little pieces of, listen, they're always mad at each other. They're always guzzling booze down, swapping up with everybody and mad and angry and upset and crying. Am I right on that? Do they still, is that still the way soap operas are? And sometimes they ain't like that now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just checking. Amen. Don't get into that. But people's life is like that. It's a life of drama and, and down in the mully grubs and you know, you name it, it's just bad. And it sells, apparently. I don't want that. I want some peace, contentment. Amen. When I lay down at night and pull the cover up over me and lay my head on the pillow, if Jesus comes back, if the trumpet sounds, knowing everything is gonna be all right, that's what I want. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Johnson talked about hope a little bit. Paul said, Paul said, if in this life we had hope only, we'd be of all men most miserable. In other words, our hope doesn't just, it's not here, only here. Amen. Beyond this world, beyond this life, there's a hope. It keeps us going. It keeps us moving. Hallelujah. We're talking about things that matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need that revelation. I'm praying for a spiritual. It's like people who just get baptized every way they can just to make sure they get the right one. I'm like, you know what? As people are baptized, I baptize in Jesus' name. I baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, whatever, what, you got another name or two. You know, we put that on just to make. But when you get a revelation of who he is, when God gives you an understanding, like, you know, there's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. I'm gonna give you some more of those scriptures in a little while. No, I found it. I got the name. Hallelujah. Amen. He's the one. I have to have that name called over me just like they did in the book of Acts chapter two and the rest of it. And that's the only thing that remits sin. And you go and do that and you don't worry about all the other titles and names and well, you just do it all to make sure. You need a revelation. That's what you need. Hallelujah. Amen. Thou, amen. Peter said thou art the Christ. Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one had been promised for centuries by prophets, prophesying about God coming. Amen. He's going to come. But, but you know, it's just like us prophesying and talking about the coming of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord. And there's people that say, well, we've been hearing that all of our life. Well, that means it's closer now than it was back when you heard it. And this doesn't mean it's not, it's not going to happen. No, no, it is going to happen. It is going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But 
Peter knew who he was. Peter also said something else here. He said, you are the son of the living God. Let's let's define this just a little bit. Christ, the anointed one, he defines position while son defines relationship. The sonship of God is always connected to earthly manifestation. Sonship of God. Remember Paul said that he was God manifested in flesh as opposed to, well, God was up there and he said, well, son, I hate to tell you this, but you have to go down and suffer. See, that's, it's all kind of foolishness that's preached across full pulpits. No, no, he was God manifest. Why? Because God Almighty has no flesh. He has no body. He had to take on a flame of fire or a cloud or whatever, or an angel until Jesus came and he was God. He said he was God himself. Anybody like to believe what Jesus said? Yeah, that's what he said he was God, okay? And Paul said he was God manifested in the flesh. So that, that son part was always connected, amen, to earthly, amen. The church exists upon this rock, of revelation. That's the part I'm getting to right now. If it's a church, if it's a church, it's gonna it's gonna that's where it's gonna be built on. Amen. Hallelujah. This this revelation of truth, knowing what and who Jesus is gives foundation for everything else. Listen, it's the when you worship, it's so it's so valuable and so important. I, I can't express it enough, amen. It's the focus of, of the object of who you're worshiping. When I get to worshiping, I don't wanna just be like the guy that said, oh yeah, Pat sat in my office and said, yeah, I just go to this little church that's kind of deserted and nobody comes and I just go and sit in the pews and I don't really know, I just open myself up for whoever, you know, is out there. That's dangerous, folks. This guy's a lawyer. I mean, he should be smarter than that. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Find you a Jesus name, Holy Ghost preacher. I'll direct you to the proper object of your worship and your praise. I'm not praying to just anybody out there. I'm not opening myself up for just anybody out there. Listen. I've got big, sophisticated devils that I face on a regular basis, and you do too. I need the name that's above every name, that every knee is gonna to confess to. Amen. Tongue's gonna to come, and every knee's gonna bow. I, 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 need, I need some power because I know how weak I really am. I know how insignificant I am, but my faith is in the one who's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Amen. He's God manifested in flesh and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. That's who he is. That's our foundation. That's what we're built on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Without this revelation, listen, somebody's wondering right now, oh, you know, what about this? What about, you know, listen, listen you, can, you can draw a crowd without the revelation. It's being done all the time. You can raise finances. You can feed the poor. You can build larger buildings, grow bigger crowds, and still not be a church. 
Oh, we are a church because we call, this is just because you call yourself a church, that doesn't make you a church. Peter's revelation was not new. It wasn't a new revelation, but it was, it was discovered truth. I see people all over it all the time. You know, you know I tell the story about Sister Donna when we used to do the, the, the yard sales and do it back before computers and or not many computers and, and you had to go go to the uh, printing shop to get stuff printed up. Doug Kleindance, he had a printing shop in Frederick and I'd go get our tracks printed up and, uh, and, I, and he came up with these scriptures in calligraphy, just beautiful written and, and, and then he'd frame it with some kind of little cheap frame and we, we bought several of them, a bunch of them and we'd sell them and, and people would come to our yard sale out on Nicodemus Road it, you know, Christian people, it was people who just, oh, just Jesus, everything. Jesus, ooh, Jesus. But they didn't have a revelation. They didn't know who he was. Oh, they had some experience. They, they, it was a touch of God on their life. Good people. That's the shame of it. And I would show them Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter two verse 38. <laughs> it was so funny. I was nice to them. Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized. Jesus talked about repentance in the Gospels. Lest ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. This is tough. This is hard, but you're tough. You can take it. I mean, repentance was. Start, and then when he got to the last of, of the Gospels and he told them what has to be preached repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Where? Beginning at Jerusalem. Told them what to preach. And when they started preaching it, that's when the Holy Ghost, it was 120, about 120 received it. And then there was 3,000 added to the church. Then there was 5,000 added to the church. But you have to understand what they were preaching. They were preaching exactly what Jesus told them to preach. Hallelujah, repent. But I'd I'd, I'd say, oh, look at this. And I'd show this nice Christian lady or this guy that was just, oh, just smiling and it looked like it was a toothpaste contest, you know, or you know, commercial going on. I'm a Christian. They're bolder than we are, which is nothing wrong with that. We should probably learn some of that. But I'd like to look at Acts 2.38. Listen, that's the purest form of the gospel in the grace dispensation. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Did you hear me? Somebody need to underline that in your brain. Amen. That's because that was the first message preached by the man that got the revelation that in that same chapter 16, Jesus said, you know, I'm gonna give you the keys to the kingdom, Peter. Whatever you speak, I'm gonna back you up. And what do you lose? I'm gonna lose whatever you buy. And here he is preaching his first sermon and he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they would look at that, but they didn't have a revelation. And they would go, oh, that's beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. And they would just move on. I'm like, they didn't get it. I want to scream like, he's talking to you, dummy. (laughs) Every one of you means, I mean, you're one. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What for? For the remission of sins. Then what happens? Then ye shall receive the gift. No wonder people are accepting Christ all up and down, all over this country. No wonder they're good people and sweet people and they ain't getting the Holy Ghost. 
Why? Because their preacher don't care if they get it or not, just so they keep the checkbook going and the ties and he can drive a fancier car and live in a bigger house. I'm interested in talking about truth, amen, things that matter, the thing that's gonna get you through when the winds start blowing and the storm hits your house. And it will, and it'll come. What really matters? Well, listen, there's a lot of other things other than what I'm preaching here, but I'm talking about this is down to ground level platform foundation, right? You can't get off of first base until you find out who Jesus really is. And he was asking that. Who do men say that? Well, this one, that one. Who do you say that I am? Am I just some nice guy that's raising the dead and some prophet? That's what some people think and that's what they choose to believe. Now I understand this and you need to understand it. The Bible said that there will be people who are willingly ignorant. They don't, wanna, they don't know and they don't want to know. He said because they did not have a love for the truth. God, he said he's going to be the enemy after that. You don't want to know the truth? God said, you don't want to know that you don't have a love for the truth? God said, I'm going to send them strong delusions and they'll believe a lie and be damned or doomed. That's scary to me. So God just let me, let me figure out and find out what the, you know, the truth of this is. I want to understand, hallelujah. But I said this earlier. Peter's revelation wasn't some new truth here. Now, that's, that wasn't new, but it was discovered truth. Revelation is like gold just lying among the rocks in the California gold rush in the hill. It was there. Now, you have to move a little dirt to get to it, maybe some rocks and debris, amen, but the gold is there. That's where the revelation is. If people will open up, here's the, key, here's the problem, though, with, the, with the modern-day doctrine. You accept the Lord as your personal Savior, believe on the Lord, he, you know, then you don't have to worry about him. Then you just stop trying to learn after that. Why else do I need to do anything? I'm saved. It's a, it's a damnable doctrine right off the bat. But when you preach, say, wait a minute, listen, there's a further mile for me to travel. Amen, I can pray a little more. Amen, I can shout a little louder. Amen, I can clap my hands and worship a little better. But, but if I already had that squared away and I can't be lost, then why would I need to do anything? I need to do more for God. Hallelujah. If the Listen, listen to me here. Listen, if the angels that sinned, hey, they were already there. But they sinned, guess what happened? They were cast down. How much more so if I come accept the Lord and join the church and take the right, how much more so if I just mess around, amen, and discount any kind of thing the scripture says except what I like, then how much more so am I gonna be cast out? My dad was an old, old timer and he would just come up with little things and I'd, I'd, I'd just miss it. We talk about when we face God in those last days, people that's going to make it, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. But, but, but my dad said, he said, but remember, God cannot lie. He said, so if you've not been good and you've not been faithful, how can he say that to you? 
Leave something for thought. Oh, I'll just kind of mess around, show up when I want to, pray if I want, if I don't. You know, I can criticize everybody and everything. I can have an ugly spirit. And then you think, then God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come in. No, no. He's bound by his own word. I got to get to some stuff here. All right, am I going too long? All right, I've gone into Jiffy. Fasten your seatbelt. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, I guess the question would be when Jesus asked you, who do you say that I am? I, I mean, I, I, I guess that would probably be the question. You know, this, this, this I'm, I'm, I'm aware of this now. This kind of teaching, this kind of preaching, if you get a hold of it, it will set you apart from the vast majority. You won't fit in with everybody. But I read a little story. I have a little book in there. It's, it's written by a preacher. His name was Vance Havner. Told a story of a passenger on a train trip who was so enthralled, and I'll just read it where I won't mess it up, enthralled by the journey on that train that with regularity he was heard to say, wonderful, passing scenery, faces of fellow travelers, and the smallest detail elicited glad expressions of enjoyment. I mean, he was just a happy man. Amen. Finally, one curious traveler asked, how is it that while the rest of us are worn out with this monotonous trip, you are having the time of your life and keep saying, wonderful, the fellow answered, until a few days ago, I was a blind man. A great doctor has just given me my sight. What is ordinary to the rest of you is out of this world to me. And I have a question for myself. Have I lost my sense of wonder since God has revealed some things to me? Amen. Have I just kind of, has this become common to me, the praises, the shouting, the revelation of who he is? I, I, we can't afford that, folks. Amen. But on that question, amen, 20 years after Pentecost, remember, Peter had the keys. And I always bring this out. When you die, you're not going to meet St. Peter at some gate up there somewhere. You're going to open your Bible to Acts chapter 2 and other chapters, and that's where Peter is going to use the key and open the gate to get you into the kingdom of God. Paul said, ask the question, what is the kingdom of God? Amen. And he answered it himself. He said, it's not meat and drink, but it's peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you obey Peter and repent and be baptized in his name, amen, filled with the spirit, you have just entered into the kingdom. Isn't it crazy how the carnal human mind messes all this up, amen. But 20 years after Pentecost, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 and 8, when having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, amen. Peter had not lost the wonder in 20 years. It didn't just wasn't one of those, oh, what a service, and then go back to the old lifestyle. Just go back to doing whatever the world does and whatever the flesh chooses to do. No, 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 he still had it, amen. And he talked about joy, uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, joy unspeakable 
and full of glory. Maybe some of us need a deeper insight on who Jesus really is. I know we've thrown a few scriptures out. Let me do three things here real quick. Amen. Salvation comes only through Jesus. Let me give you a scripture for that, okay? Now, salvation simply means me being saved. Are you being saved? That's what that means, and that's what we're interested in. You know, we're, we're, we're selfish when it comes to that. I mean, we try to be unselfish, but, but I want to, when this all said and done, I want to, I want to make sure I'm saved. Well, here's, here's how it works right here. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You cannot be, I'm sorry for all the people, amen, all over the whole world, and people can bring up hypothetical, well, what about, oh, well, I, that's not my problem. I'm going to try to reach all of them I can. But everybody I come in contact with, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus if they'll just give me a little bit of an opportunity because he's the only means of our salvation. Now, we get that. All right? Oh, it doesn't matter. Just pray to who it. No, that will not work. All right? Amen. Number two, Jesus is both the Lord of creation and the promised anointed one. I'm going to, I'm going to give somebody something to think about here. But it's the word of the Lord. All right? Don't, don't just drift into whatever somebody's telling you. Don't even just do what I tell you to do without checking up. Amen. So I said, he is both Lord of creation and the promised anointed one. Here's Acts 2.36. Here's the man with the keys still preaching here. Amen. Therefore, let all the house of the Israel know assuredly that God That's the spirit. Remember when you say God. That's the spirit who doesn't have a body. He's a spirit. God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. So when you look at him, you're looking at the Lord of creation. The only way you see him is when he was in the form of Jesus Christ. And you're looking at the Messiah, the anointed one. The the disciples understood that. It was later on that people got confused, all right? Amen. And they preached it and it become a doctrine. Number three, amen. The Godhead permanently exists in Christ. What's the Godhead? That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Nobody's denying that. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the three offices. That's the three manifestations of the one God. Not three persons. That's also man-made. That's also added in there. God the Father, God. No, nowhere in the Bible does it say God the Father, God the Son. That's added. It does say Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Makes a difference. Amen. But it doesn't say God the Father, which, puts, which makes each one of them a God. Amen. All the Godhead permanently exists in Christ. The disciples understood it. Paul later on got a revelation. He wrote in Colossians 2, amen, verses 8 through 9. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Christ is the subject here, amen. And he goes on. For in him, in who? In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, Christianity in general has the Godhead, the three persons of the Godhead, and Jesus is in that Godhead. But the truth of the matter, there is a three, not persons, but three manifestations, but Jesus is not in it. All of that's in Jesus, all right? That's what the scripture says. I'm gonna take what the Bible says, all right? You can do whatever you want, amen, amen. All of that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwells bodily in Jesus Christ. I like the NIV. I got to give that to you. The NIV, you don't have it, I don't think, here, but it says, see to it 
that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Amen. So that's why Jesus could look at Philip and say, Philip, how long am I gonna be with you and you don't know who I am? When you see me, you see the Father. When you see the Father, you see me. That, that's when all of those begin to make sense. That's when revelation can start coming. You don't have to go by tradition. Just go by the scripture. That's why I said that we're not a religion, we're a church. And I like to feel like we're part of the church as long as we stay in the word of the Lord. Amen. Don't ever lose the wonder of divine revelation for your formation can never be greater than your foundation. Get this underneath you and build your house on it. I feel revival coming because I feel revelation coming. I feel understanding coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's put our hands together and give him praise. Hallelujah, while she's coming, amen, I picked up a a little book uh, by Kenneth Haney, the late Kenneth Haney, uh, who was our general superintendent uh, at one point uh, before Brother Bernard. But in this book, The Wave, amen, which is just powerful. I couldn't put it down. I've read it before. But but he gives a little history of the church. Brother Bobby, this would probably be good. Maybe you need to get a copy of some of this for some of the people you're witnessing to and teaching to. Uh, after Pentecost, amen, and after the unadulterated truth of God's word was preached by the man who had the keys to the kingdom and the other disciples and followers of Christ. But, but, but a few years later, amen, uh, the enemy does what he always does. And uh, you can read all this in the history books right here. Amen. Then came Emperor Constantine. He began the great compromise. You need to understand this. You need to get a little foundation under you. Rather than attack the church like had it been done, the church had been persecuted. If you was a if you was a church member, you know, there was a lot of a lot of pressure on that. He befriended the church and decreed freedom of religion. Boy, sometimes when the when the enemy it, the enemy will smooth out. Somebody said they got to be blessed, but they must, must be God because look how much money they're making. Listen, no, no, no. If the if the devil can't make you poor and make you get discouraged and backslide, that guess what? He'll give you a lot of money. You get so much money and so much health and all everything. Be then 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 you'll forget God. That's why David said, "Oh Lord, Amen." Don't let me be poor because if I'm poor, I might steal and be lost that way. But don't don't give me don't give me what more than I need because I might forget you. That's why he said, "Lord, give me meat that's convenient for me." You 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 know what's best for me, Amen. So sometimes you can't judge by how well people are doing. That's why that's how people are doing today. It's it's not the right thing. He formed the Council of Nicaea in the year three hundred and twenty-five by summoning church leaders whose task it was to settle the dispute that was splitting the church. July 4th, 325 was an unforgettable day. Delegates seated themselves in the conference hall 
at Nicaea and waited for their host to arrive. Constantine came by himself without his usual guards as a sign of respect for the church fathers. Thus the church began to develop a theology of its own and great, that greatly differed from theology held by the apostles in the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. It's the history of the church. It's what they preached. It's what they did. That's what happened. All right, but see, he, he changed all that by being friends with them. I'm going to be nice to you, but we're going to change the theology. Amen. The accepted church that emerged out of these years was a system that became predominant but that had moved far away from the original church that Christ founded when he spoke to Peter in Matthew 16. By 381, the majority had then recognized as the church was deeply entrenched in the doctrine that God is three distinct persons. See, it didn't start in the Bible. It started in our history after those disciples. Ultimately, anyone that proclaimed the original truth of the mighty God in Christ was viewed as a heretic, an apostate, a member of a cult. As a result, the dark ages were ushered in, and though we find glimpses of truth and the falling of uh, intermittent rain in general darkness and gross darkness reigned throughout the earth. However, it is very important that we recognize that since the birth of the church in Acts 2, truth has always endured. The gates of hell could not prevail against it. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're here today. We're in a minority. We're still in a minority. But I'm telling you, more people are getting the revelation. Amen. More people are getting an understanding. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, you know, we've, I just, I'm just in spite of what, you know, what, uh, being different. You know, people will look at you like, oh, you believe that? Well, it's in the Bible. Right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Heaven and earth going to pass away. All right. Amen. But one jot or one tittle of the word shall not fail, shall not pass away. Can't do it. Can't do it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Boy, this, this word's powerful. Amen. You know, I believe it was Mark Twain, and, and, and he used this regular old down-home vernacular. He said, he said, it ain't those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. He said, it's those parts I do understand. And in actuality, you don't need a revelation for somebody. It's clear as bell. It's like, it's, you know, that's what that says, and that's talking to me. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Is that too heavy for some of y'all? Listen, if I haven't created a question or two, Am I teaching about? I don't think I've done my job right. So we're open for questions. Uh, you know, if you've got questions, come to me later. And we'll talk about it. I'm not here to bash people either. But that's the gospel, and that's things that matter. We better figure out who it is that we need to pray to. All right? Hallelujah. 
Amen. I'm going to close, but I read this somewhere. It said, when you see an old Bible that's worn, torn, falling apart, he said, it probably belongs to someone who isn't. We need to get in that word. Amen. You need to figure, if it don't make sense to you, find out why it doesn't make sense. I want to know, and, and don't stop until you get your answers. Amen. But there's a power and there's an authority in this church. I'm going to be a little partial here that you don't find just everywhere you go. And there's a reason for that. Amen. It's the focus. It's the object of our worship. Amen. It's our contending for prayer and worship and word. Amen. We won't let up on that. Listen, I'm going to try to be as loose and as slack as I can. I'm going to bend every rule I can for you. But there's some things we can't bend. We just have to stand on it. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is available. Amen. There's water in the baptismal tank today. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way, I'm going to say it again, the only way you can have your sins washed away. And no other way to do that. We'll take care of that today. There's only one requirement. You need to sincerely ask God to forgive you of all your sins. Amen. When you do that, we will put you down in the water and bring you back up. And by the way, we've never lost one yet. Amen. We always get them back up. Amen. And you will be a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Not by my doing. Amen. But there's a spiritual, supernatural something that takes place because of your submission and obedience to the good word of the Lord. Amen. It's a work of the Lord. Amen. So I'm just saying, amen, before you get out of here, amen, you could come to us and we'll say, we'll take care of that and we'll take care of that for you. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now. Your word has gone forth. We trust that it was anointed blessed by your spirit we trust that it's received by open hearts in the name of the Lord hungry souls in Jesus name let it fall on good ground God in the name of the Lord let it grow and produce much fruit in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord don't want to dismiss you right now want to spend a little time in the altar if you'd like to come amen you'd like to come take somebody by the hand amen hey come on with me let's go together amen let's join at the altar husband get a hold of your wife wife invite your husband friend neighbor hallelujah let's come gather around for the next few minutes before we get out of here hallelujah come expecting God to touch us come expecting a blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just spend some time in prayer and in worship and in praise. Hallelujah. Our community needs us. Our families need us. Hallelujah. Our children need us. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's focus right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're a guest, you're welcome. You Hallelujah. brought me to Thank you, Jesus. such a freedom mind. I found in you, you're the healer who makes all things new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. Here to declare to you, my past is over in you. 
all things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. Oh, I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. Here to declare to you. My past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have risen with all power in